Chip Patterson here with the First Cut Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I want to take some time to let you know that there is a new way to get the latest scores, news, and highlights for golf and all of your favorite sports. You've heard us talk about it before. It's CBS Sports HQ. Brand new 24-7 streaming channel covering the biggest games, the best plays, and crucial insights from around sports. You can stream this for free. Uh, You can stream it anytime a couple different ways. The CBS Sports app on your Apple TV, on your phone, on your mobile devices, on your Roku, Amazon Fire, anything that's connected, OTT, you can stream it through the CBS Sports app. Or if you want to watch online, you can do that at cbssportshq.com. Kyle's on there all the time. I'm on there a good bit. Uh, We try to provide that, and they give promotions for this podcast. So we want to give them some promotions back. So make sure you watch it online at cbssportshq.com or through the CBS Sports app and enjoy this week's show. And welcome back! It is the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter here on CBS Sports. Uh, I'm Chip Patterson, your host, Kyle Porter, right there. It's It's been a little bit. And and for the loyal listeners, subscribers, and followers of the podcast, uh, you know, we apologize for that. Uh, I've been a little bit a little bit deep into uh, the March Madness, but before I get on the road to head to the South Regional in Atlanta, where I'll be watching, uh, I'll be watching side by side with Sister Jean for the Loyola Ramblers at the at the Kentucky Invitational <laughs> in Catlanta. Before we do that, I uh, had to check in, Kyle, because we are in the midst of a pretty insane two week period, and really, when we zoom out. Uh, this this whole month and early season of 2018, like, like is this peak golf? Are we in peak golf right now? I I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, if golf peaks much more this year, I'm gonna need a defibrillator at some <laughs> point because it it is weird because there's such a there's such a lead into Augusta and and I I wrote this on on uh, Sunday night. Our last five winners on the PGA Tour have been Bubba Watson, Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson, uh, Paul Casey. Paul Casey is like the worst of the last five winners. And then obviously Rory on Sunday at, at the Arnold Palmer. That's, that's, that's a joke. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And we've still got two tournaments left. And then Augusta. And then there's always this kind of weird lull after Augusta until the players sort of – but even really kind of until the U.S. Open – uh, and then it kind of gets cranking again in the summer. So it, it, it definitely, I, I think this is the, the first act of 2018 has been just unbelievable. Yeah. But do you think, do you think sister Jean has uh, golf takes like master's takes? I'm going to ask. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding? There's, you're, you're not going to put me there. I, I think that, uh, and, and we, we were about to get into Rory's win, uh, what we saw from tiger in the last two weeks. I think right now, um, I might end up whichever team wins between Loyola and Nevada. There's a chance I might get to spend Friday, the off day between games with them. I'm working on mm. that right now. So if if it is Loyola and if I do get it, I imagine there will be downtime. And for the loyal first cut listeners, I will bring Sister Jean's golf takes next time we yeah. meet up. If that happens, Just, you guys maybe make a day trip to Augusta, see what she thinks of the. Of the scenery, it'd be awesome. Um, this is uh, 
Okay, so uh, do you want to start with Rory? Because you pinned an awesome, uh, I mean, you know, noted, noted Rory fan club president Kyle Porter <laughs> was ready to go. But, um, I mean, the like the thing that sort of gave me chills reading your piece um, was just sort of the check that I feel like you've brought to this podcast a lot, which is like we sometimes maybe even because of Rory's own character, I think that it is easy for us to overlook the potentially like generational talent that he is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, I, I don't, not the modesty or something, you know, I'll let you elaborate on this, but I do think some of that is maybe not by design, but just a little bit by the way that Rory carries himself um, and the way that he acts that we just kind of forget that like you used to like the one gets tossed around like this. He is unbelievable. And when he is putting lights out, number one in the field, gaining 10 strokes on everybody else while also blasting it 372 yards off the tee, like, you're like, Oh, okay. Like this, this guy's a freaking cheat code right now. I just, um, I, I think it's really interesting that as like the, the trumpets have been blared across golf and Phil's winning and Tiger's back and, and it's like, oh yeah. And don't forget that the kid who really might be like forever all time great, uh, he's right here too. And he's not, he's not far away from, from being right there at number one as well. Yeah, so so there's a couple of things here. First of all, to address the one thing, you know, that's something that people who uh, it, it's people in golf who are really smart about things and who like know what's going on. Players, uh, you know, managers, different people like that who have kind of kind of tossed around the like, yeah, DJ is great and Justin Thomas is really good, but Rory's like. Like he just has the the thing, whatever the thing is. Uh, you can just you know, we see it in all sports. It's kind of indescribable, but he's got it. And um, yeah, like I said, like that just is. It's sort of <clears throat> you can't really as as somebody who's in golf. Like if you're another player or you're and and even p- players do kind of touch on it, but they can't like really come out and be like just start gushing about the guy. But, you know, I've talked to some players that are like, yeah, he's he's the man. Like, he's the dude. He's the guy. And so it's really fascinating to to watch it unfold. And I think that one of Rory's issues in terms of the way that we perceive him is that he he's very – he can be very streaky. Like, he'll – you know, I was looking back at some of his – he he has these like clumps of wins. Like he'll win like three in a row or two out of four or four out of six or whatever. Right. And you're like, holy crap, like this guy's unbelievable. But then he'll like miss two of the next seven cuts or whatever. And the weird part about this year is that he had missed two of four cuts. He didn't look very good at all throughout the season. And then all of a sudden he shoots a 64 with a 31 on the back nine on Sunday and just burns Bryson to the ground late (laughs) and it was it was just it was unbelievable and I think I mean part of it is it was literally the best putting performance of his career in terms of a four-round tournament right um but but Sunday I gotta say like his approach shots on I think he missed like two shots on the back nine he was number one in uh distance to the pin right 
Yeah, 23 yards, I think, was his average uh, proximity to the hole yeah, on, uh, on Sunday, which was, which was number one in the field. He gave himself 10 looks from 20 feet and in for birdie or better, which is <laughs> stupid. It's just like it's yeah, you, you're going to you're going to win a lot of golf tournaments that way. And, you know, it would have been kind of a, a travesty if he hadn't taken advantage of what turned out to be the best putting week of his career, because you don't get somebody said this on Twitter. I can't remember who, but you don't like you don't get that many performances with your putter like that. And it's Ooh. not going to last. But for me, the biggest takeaway in terms of going forward is how he played on Sunday with his. Uh, with his irons. I mean, the biggest thing over the last few years with Rory has been, uh, okay, yeah, maybe he's not a very good putter. That's sort of been the case his whole career, but it doesn't really matter because he'll hit it close enough that whatever. But his issue has been from 75 yards to 175 yards or whatever, 100 to 150. He's just been lousy. And I th- he has said that. That's not like a secret and on Sunday at Bay Hill, he was phenomenal. And he, he had everything whole high. And then he made putts. And so my biggest takeaway from that is if he continues to hit it like he did on Sunday in terms of putting everything whole high, not only is he going to contend at the Masters, but he could be in for a really great season this year. Do you think that there's something um, in – like not that Rory would be inspired by like not not that R- Rory's going to drive himself to be one of the best golfers in the world regardless of who else is in the field who else is playing you know wherever but in the landscape of the golf uh, attention bubble like in, in this as the spotlight circles around I had this hunch and I had this thought that um, you know as as Rory is playing a couple groups behind tiger the insanity that is the tiger fever of of him trying to make a charge at first place like i wondered i wondered to myself yesterday as i was embarrassingly watching a lot more golf when i should have been watching basketball (laughs) um i i wondered myself i was like man this could be a great spot for mcelroy uh, cause I kind of felt like, and some of this might've been just, you know, because we started the podcast last year, that was a, my first full season all the way in kind of learning a lot more about, uh, the players and the way they interact with the media, but like to have that big intense spotlight over here to the right on tiger kind of feels mm-hmm. like a great spot for someone like McElroy to just like do his thing and, and sort of get away from uh, as having every up and down uh, sort of picked at and torn apart. Yeah, you know, I I texted uh, and I think Brendan Porath tweeted this out, but I texted Sean Martin and Brendan Porath on uh, Tuesday, and I said it's kind of a great spot for Rory this week because he's flying under the radar. You know, I, I talked to Rory last year at at the Arnold Palmer, and he was he was kind of just rolling his eye, not rolling his eyes, but just kind of like pr- bracing himself essentially for the masters, um, like media, co- like lead into the masters media coverage. Cause it's always like, can he win the slam and all this stuff? And so much of that has been taken away this year because of tiger. And also because Rory hasn't really been playing that well. And so it just, it seemed like a great spot for him coming into Bay Hill because not only did he play well here last year, but he just missed a cut, and it's kind of like people were like, I think forgot that he was in the field because it was like Tiger and 
you know, Ricky's the host and, you know, all these different things. And then all of a sudden he, you know, goes out and shoots 64 on Sunday. But I, and this was sort of the, the thesis of what I wrote on Sunday night. I think that Rory, uh, I don't think he, I don't think he loves like the fishbowl nature of everything, but I do think that when he's in the arena and when the, like when the chips are down on the back nine on a Sunday, like he craves it. And, and I, and I don't know that that was, um, sort of innate. I don't know that he was born with that, but I don't know if you watched him walking up 18 on Sunday, he could see the leaderboard change because Bryson had just made a Eagle on 16 and he saw Bryson get within one and his eyes were just like wild. Like he was, he was like out of his mind because he wanted to win so bad. And it was just, it was, cr- it was crazy to watch. Like he, he looked like a, a crazy person. And then obviously the way he reacted after he hit the 25 footer on 18, I, I just, again, like going back, my, my thesis on Sunday night for my piece was he is the best, uh, headliner, the best showstopper, the best actor in, in this sport. And we saw that at the 16 Ryder cup and you've seen it at times throughout his career. He holds out at the 16 tour championship. Um, the way he won the 14 PGA, he just is there. There's so much theatrics and so much drama surrounding him. Even when he wins easily, uh, that I, I, I don't think there's a better show. There might be a better player. There's definitely more consistent guys, but I don't know that there's a better show in golf than when Rory's feeling it. He had that saucy reaction on the 18th green where <laughs> there's there's the still frame of him already mid-celebration and the ball yeah. is, hasn't gone in the cup yet. It was It was fantastic. And he said afterwards... Uh, that he had seen Tiger make that putt so many times. He thought about throwing his hat like Tiger did in 08 when he, when he won the tournament there, uh, which would have been hilarious and awesome. But, you know, I, I thought one of the most interesting things that he said in any of his post-round interviews this week is that he was really enjoying playing golf. And I, that's something that gets a little bit lost for professional golfers is they don't, like, when they go on vacation, they don't, play golf like the rest of us do like you and I do because that's their job it's sort of like when we want to do something as a hobby or for fun it's not sports it's not you know um I don't I don't like read about sports for fun (laughs) because that's what I'm doing all day um and and he said uh, that in the off season he sort of has rediscovered this joy for golf and that he was just really enjoying playing and even though he wasn't playing well he was still like it didn't feel like work, and, and I think you see that. I think, I think that unbridled jo- joy from Rory is one of the most special things that we have in the sport, and so I, I enjoy seeing it again and and seeing him just kind of enjoying himself uh, so far. You know, even though he wasn't playing well, and then especially when he is playing well. Okay, your headliner conversation is a good good point to pivot because in this conversation of peak golf and 2018 shaping up to be one of the best and most interesting and exciting seasons in a long time. I, I wonder if there's something in the like general buildup and we'll get, I want to get into like Tiger's actual game, but I was thinking the other, another thought from yesterday was man, the, it would not be terrible for the general golf interest, it might be frustrating 
for those who have to generate lots of content about these golf tournaments, but it might not be terrible for this, this path to continue where Tiger Woods is playing really well and he's in contention and he's in, you know, he's getting these, he's sniffing it and it's like, you know, one wayward tee shot. Uh, you know, he just, the week before he just could not get a birdie until finally he had that one long putt drop. Like this, this almost there, but not quite there is a really, really fantastic tease from like an entertainment and uh, public interest standpoint. It is, and it's also contrary to the way that he's won golf tournaments over the course of his career. His formula, Tiger's formula for winning golf tournaments is uh, play, don't don't get knocked out of it on Thursday, play great on Friday and or Saturday and take the lead, uh, and then hold everybody at bay on Sunday, play in the final pairing and just hold people off by making pars or by saving pars and making birdies uh, at par fives. Like that, that's the formula for the majority of his 79 wins. And so I think when you get him in the sixth to last pairing or whatever he was uh, this week at, at Arnold Palmer making a ton of birdies, it, it's, it, it's a little it's a little bit of empty calories because you're like, wow, Tiger's within one, but oh yeah, there's three guys that are probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame playing behind him that are either ahead of him on the leaderboard or tied with him or whatever. And it just, there there was never a point on Sunday where I was like, wow, Tiger's probably going to win this golf tournament just because Rory had so many more holes to go and he was still ahead of him on the leaderboard. Tiger needed to shoot like, I I thought like a 63 or 64 to win, and I think even that wouldn't have got it done. Chip, the most shocking thing about the event, Tigers won back with five holes to play, and he got beat by eight. But you're not everybody, and not everybody knows that those other names on the leaderboard are future <laughs> Hall of Famers. I mean, hell, I, I don't even know if like a lot of the people in the Orlando area who are at that golf course, I mean, obviously, I think if you're at the Arnold Palmer, you probably do. But, you know, just like the point being that I I have found, um, you know, there are a lot of casual golf fans that that are just doing this game of like, all right, well, where's Woods and what is the yeah. number between his score and number one? And like just yeah. that uh, that riveting viewing sports, that sports viewing experience has got people locked in. It's like great call. It is different than what we're used to seeing uh, it's different than the way that he exploded onto the scene, and right. it's just added so much intrigue to this, uh, to to a golf, um, to to a current crop of stars that we were already talking about how lucky we were to have um, all these stars playing great golf all at the same time, um, to have it you know all happening here in the early part of the season leading up to Augusta. Like this is. This is for uh, our overlords. This is this is about perfect. Like like if Tiger, how about this? If Tiger had won last week, then all of a sudden, I I I think that it won't it wouldn't have made the public's appetite for number eighty uh, as intense as it's going to be whenever it comes. I, I think I agree with you. And and can you? By the way, speaking of our overlords, can you imagine if Spieth wins match play and Ricky wins Houston? I'm, no, I can't. 
I mean, it's just, let's get the server space. We need to go ahead and buy it now. By the well, way, I, you can I, watch every hole of the Masters on CBSSports.com. <laughs> to your point, like, I, I think what has happened with Tiger over the last two weeks that we have not seen a lot in the past is that he's he's been sort of uninhibited on Sunday. And so when we've seen Tiger in the past winning events, it's been sort of boring, right? Like he'll shoot a 70 with no bogeys, and you're like, well, I guess that was exciting. Like, uh, you know, he won. Or <laughs> right, whatever. right, right. But what has happened, and especially at, at Bay Hill, is that he had to, he knew he had to shoot like a 63. And he played like it. He takes driver. I, I heard um, uh, Solly and, and Adam Sarson were talking about this on the No Line Up podcast, and I noted it in my takeaways on Sunday. T- Tiger hit driver on number, uh, I think it was five, 379 yard par four on Sunday. He was trying to. He was basically trying to drive, drive the, the green. green. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> and then he took he took a just a line off a of six that would have made DJ nervous, and and so like. This aggressive Sunday Tiger is not – I mean, we've seen it in the past, but it's not necessarily the norm. And so I think it sort of adds to the electricity of the event when you when you have a Tiger that's trying – I mean, really, really trying to shoot a 63. Uh, and, and whether he falls short or not, it, it's still really thrilling, you know. And, and, and to do it against the caliber of player like Stinson – Rory, Justin Rose, Fowler is uh, is it makes it all the better. Uh, okay, so uh, 68, 72, 69, 69. Uh, that was 10 under for the tournament. Tied for fifth at the Arnold Palmer. 70, 68, 67, 70. T2 at the Valspar. Um, what in the last two? If do, Is this going to be – do we know if this is going to be the last time that he's going to play before Augusta? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so what in the last eight rounds of golf have been some of your biggest takeaways about not Tiger Woods trying to what he's trying to be again, or not Tiger Woods, you know, what he's battling back from? But like, if we were to take uh, the golfer in 2018, 42 years old, swinging fast as hell, killing it around the green, what in the last eight rounds are sort of your takeaways or your diagnosis of where we are at with Tiger? Yeah, so my three biggest things probably real quick are shot shaping. I think we saw it more at Valspar because it, it, that course calls for it more. But just bending it both ways, is it's astonishing to watch. He's and, got and I think total command of that golf ball. It's incredible. It is incredible. And, and you know, I, I think that we just didn't really see it in the interim between 13 and 18 when he was hurt. I mean, just because I, I think he was just trying to manage his back and he could only hit it one way, and he wasn't really hitting stingers. And I mean, he hit some he hit some tee balls this week with his two iron that made me like gasp, like audible, <laughs> just just disbelief at the trajectory of the ball. Um, so I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is this short game. Uh, not only is it sharp, but it's really creative, and it's it's just. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I expected from the short game, but it's not what I've seen. It, he's been phenomenal. And he's in the top 15 chip in strokes gained on approach shots, strokes gained around the green, and, and strokes gained putting. Top 15 on the PGA Tour. Um, and then the third thing is just the distance. And, and 
Solly mentioned this as well. I think I'm, I said it to him last week. He has the ability to – he doesn't have to hit driver everywhere. Because he's so long right now with all of his clubs, he can hit two iron and not just get away with it, but be in a good position relative to you know, half of the guys on the PGA Tour. And it's, it, it's just – it's astonishing that at the age of 42, really, that that he's that he's so long off the tee, and it's such an advantage, um, not only at the par fives when he does hit driver, but at these par fours where he doesn't have to hit driver. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's sort of going, that I think that part of of his, you know, of the driver being taken out of his hands because of his distance is is sort of flying under the radar. And look, he needs to improve off the tee. He's 148th on the PGA Tour and strokes gained off the tee right now. He's basically like just rocking a fill statistics line right now. These, and, and he he needs to be average. Like he needs to just be straight average PGA Tour off the tee. But uh, if he improves on that, man, he could win multiple times this year. Doesn't uh. D- doesn't Tiger the the wily, crafty, uh, like chipper short game player? Doesn't that just seem awesome? Uh, I mean, I it's it is paired with as you mentioned, uh, being incredibly long and he swings it fast and but like there's something about uh man I I don't want to mess this up. He had a chip from off the green. Was it 13? It was somewhere there on the back nine. I think he ended up saving par. But, like, it came off, and it looked like it was going right in the hole. Like, it's <laughs> like it's going gonna, it's gonna to reach a point where, like, anytime he's he's got one of those chips off the green, I'm going to think that, you know, this he's he's in his mind, and it's it's like a chip that he's tried for hours on end at back at his house. Right? Like, well, does that, it, that's... That's what I was going to say is that when you're chipping well, it's a sign that you've been practicing a lot, you know, and, and some guys are more gifted than others or whatever, but that, that I think more than anything is just a sign that you've been working on your game. And and for Tiger, it's just a, a, a healthiness and ability to even be able to do that because he's talked in the past, he couldn't even practice putting because it hurt too much to stand upright, which, which is crazy, but I think that you've seen like he's he's worked a ton on his game and and honestly you know you know what it sets up well for it sets up I I hadn't really thought about this until now it sets up really well for the open for uh the open championship is Carnoustie? Yeah. Ooh. Because because it, it it's it's him hitting a ton of irons off the tees, shaping it and then just an elite short game. And 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 I I mean to me, that's that's the place. If you're looking at a major, obviously he's going to, I think, play well and contend at Augusta. But I also think at the Open Championship that he's going to have a real opportunity to to do some damage there, just the way he's playing right now. Um, you also are going to be able to talk me into any major championship shaping up well for Tiger Woods. Just heads up on that one. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, Shinnecock Hills really suits Tiger's game. You know what, Kyle? You're right. Like he can, <laughs> we can, we can run through the whole rota and I, I will just tell you right now, uh, I'll bite on every single one. Um, okay. You mentioned it. It seemed like 
Ricky Fowler's uh, existence and contention at this championship, despite everything that the statistics and the leaderboard said, uh, it it felt like it was overlooked. Yeah, well, it, he he faded right when you when people start paying attention. So at the very end of the day on Saturday. He made a double bogey on the last hole, and then he shoots 74 on Sunday. And it's just, you know, we've talked about it before. Like, I want to see that 64 from Ricky on a Sunday instead of the 74, you know? Yep. Um, I, I, I don't have his – actually, I do have his stats in front of me. He didn't putt it particularly well again. Uh, he was 35th in strokes gained putting seventh in approach the uh, shots approaching the green. So – uh, he hit it pretty well, just didn't putt well again. But I, I think that, you know, and again, like we talk about Rory's putting week. Some of that is just luck. Like it just happens. Like it it doesn't – I mean, yes, it's a it's a skill to be a good putter, but you're – I don't know. Like you're, you're just going to make some putts in a given week and, and your strokes gain is just going to be out of control at times. Uh, and so I, I think both of them, in terms of the way they hit the ball this week, had encouraging weeks for Augusta because they, they had both kind of been struggling with that, Rory more so than Ricky. Uh, and they both hit the ball not at an elite level, but pretty well throughout the week. And so I think for both of them, now they both have a little bit of momentum uh, going into the Masters. And, you know, both of those guys, either one of them could win it. What's um what were some other takeaways from either um you know this this past weekend or if there's anything lingering in the notebook or batting around your head from uh, the week before at the Valspar? Well, uh, Bryson tried to take on the entire continent of Europe, and that didn't that didn't go well. Uh, he talked about he's amazing, by the way. Like just his presence in golf. And we talk about this with uh, like Patrick Reed and Bubba. People get so like worked up about how they don't like these guys and they're just, you know, they don't respect whatever, whatever people say. And it's like, no, these guys are great. Like this is a big show. It's a big drama. That was my point with my Rory piece. And the more characters you have that stand out, the better. Yeah. You you need heels. Like you've got to have the villains and the heel characters. Yes, Bryson is a character and him talking about, I mean, he clearly knew that the microphones and the cameras were on him on 18 on Sunday. He's talking about air density and like, I, he's, he's crazy. He's, yeah, he's, he's a crazy person. He's a crazy person. But it's awesome. It's yeah. great. And, and to hear him talk afterwards, and I thought this was fantastic. He said, a quote after the round, he said, I thought 15 under would win it. I don't know what Rory did on the back nine, but he went deep and I got beat. And I was like, yeah, and you never saw that coming. And that's part of the allure of both Bryson and Rory. Bryson thinks he has all the calculations, everything worked out, and he just he just did not see Rory coming. And Rory can ride you know, the hottest heater of all time. Uh, and I'm not saying that's what the what Bay Hill was, but he he has the ability to do that and just to eviscerate guys that are the best in the world. And and both of those, like those things, sort of juxtaposing each other is is 
incredible and I love it and it's theatrical and I don't know it was just it was a lot of fun to watch all of these characters in motion and in play at, at Bay Hill on Sunday. Bryson's tearing through his scratch pad, reworking all of his algorithms. Inconceivable. I had everything <laughs> figured out. Like <laughs> I didn't, I had, had, I didn't hear that quote yesterday. That's awesome. Like he's, he, he, he in his mind was like, I have, I've calculated the optimum score that I need to win yeah. this tournament. And it's like, Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, you, you forgot about, uh, you 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 counted for the mu, um, and you forgot about the alpha. Sorry, bro. <laughs> he definitely forgot about the alpha. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, that's that's incredible. Yeah, I, I I I love all the characters. I'm with you. I need I need the more the better. I mean, the fact that we've gotten so much entertainment, and we, you know, we we haven't even mentioned uh, like there was a point even last year where I felt like we were talking about Dustin Johnson almost primarily like pretty much every single week, you know? Yeah. And this, and well, what, that it was Dustin's sport for two months. And now there's a lot of characters and it makes it a lot more fun, a lot more episodes. We can check in on different guys at different times. Yeah. So winners. So we are on the, what day is this of uh, 2018? It's like the 78th day of the year. The winners we've had so far in 2018, John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Paul Casey, DJ, Jason Day, I forgot he won, Bubba Watson, uh, Phil Mickelson, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and Tiger has three straight top 15s, and Jordan Spieth should probably still be the favorite at Augusta. That's insane. The 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 whole The whole... I mean, it just, if I, I wrote this, it feels unfair. It feels unfair that golf can be this good. And, and I get a little frustrated because people only talk about Tiger. And, and I get it. Like, I get why people do that. But it's like Tiger's one piece of the puzzle right now. Like, these guys are, these guys are, un, this is an unbelievable lead into Augusta, which means, you know what that means, right? Um, Danny Willett. Mm, it means, yeah, <laughs> Brendan Steele by five. Brendan Steele. <laughs> I was, that's what I was trying to think. I was like, uh, so what does this mean? Uh, well, you, you know what it means. It means that you and Sean Martin are hugging in the media center as Patrick Cantlay is putting on the green jacket. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that means. Here's okay. I got th- I was thinking about this when I was, when I was on a run this morning, there should be, somebody's floated this idea before it might've been Bill Simmons, but there should be different levels of, uh, like not all majors should count equally. Like this, this green jacket should be worth like, you should get two jackets if you win this Masters. Oh, okay. Like not every, like the, because like in the idea that there's some masters years where it's like, Oh, well, you know, or (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, I got you. Like th- this, this year's green jacket should be like, you should have like three arms or something. It's a like daily it double. Just, like, Oh, you've landed on the 18 masters. Here we go. Yeah. Double up time. Yeah. It's, it's just, and there's no way to measure that obviously, but it's crazy. If we get chip, if we get any of the last five Sunday leaderboards that we've had over the last five weeks at the masters, I mean, people are just going to melt. They're just going to melt away. I mean, 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be unbelievable. I I cannot wait. Which uh which brings me back to the the thought that I wanted to start today's conversation with, which is I I really believe we are in the midst of what could be like an all time golf. I mean, I am guilty of recency bias and and buying into hype and all of that. Yes, hundred percent. But I do think that it is worth considering. We should enjoy it, but it is worth considering that we might look back at the 2018 season and hopefully it goes on, you know, into 2019 and, and you know, the, this is an era, but I, I think right now the season in general, 2018, uh, could be really special in golf and that's, yeah, that's pretty fun. Well, I think if, you, I think if you see, I think the thing that has to happen, I think if you see Tiger win and Spieth win, and then depending on who wins the majors, because I think we remember seasons by who wins the majors, right? Agree. And so like if your four major winners this year are all elite, like if it's JT, Rory, Tiger, and DJ, then you're like, holy crap, like what what have we seen this year? And then obviously to you know, to cap it off with a with a Ryder Cup win. Yeah, with an unbelievable Ryder Cup. I mean, I talked about this last week with Lasali on the No Line Up podcast tiger's gonna be on the Ryder cup team like that it's kind of becoming inevitable yeah and it's just you're you're right and we rarely uh eman lynch wrote about this for golf week like we don't often get these sort of generational crossroads where guys in the from the previous generation are still uber competitive and playing at a I mean, Tiger Woods is the number seven on the PGA Tour in strokes gained overall right now. That's a joke. That's unbelievable. At his age, after four back surgeries, I don't care what he did in the past. Like, that's amazing. And so you have this sort of generational crossroads where these guys, Tiger and Phil, are still contending and winning. Phil won this year. And and, and the younger guys are are also doing the same. It's It makes for some really um, compelling uh storylines at, at at all of these events and, and the, i just think the majors the majors will define it so right. we, it, it's it's probably still too early to say but based on the evidence that we have so far uh, i think you're right i think it could be an all-time year yeah for sure it's so exciting and we're glad that you uh the listeners are going to be uh hanging with us through it you can follow kyle on twitter at kyle porter cbs uh, you can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. Uh, you, we got to let you go because you're going to be going to get on CBS Sports HQ. And remember that you should be watching CBS Sports HQ. It is the best way, 24-7 uh, highlights, analysis. You can catch up on everything that happened the night before, previews of what's going to be happening the next day and the next weekend. Uh, you get a lot of Kyle. You get uh, some of me every now and then, whether it's college football, college basketball. Um, and uh, and it is it's the best, and Kyle's on it, so uh, you should. That's be awesome. Watching. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Thanks, Chip. We'll talk to you later, buddy.